Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. Andrew brought good news to me. I could understand the Bible more the way he taught it. Jesus forgave you one time, and that's for everything. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm into my third week of teaching on a series that I've entitled, Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. I have a book on this. We have a study guide. This is brand new. We've started printing these ourselves. No longer has a spiral binding. And uh, it has a link in there where you can go get a PDF file and print this whole study guide out. It's made specifically so that you can teach other people, like in a Bible study. We also have CDs and DVDs uh, that were taken from TV. And uh, this is a powerful teaching. As I said, this is my third week of teaching on this. And this is just powerful. These are truths that I use on an everyday basis. This is foundational stuff. And the sad fact is, as I teach this, most people don't think this way. Yesterday, I spent the entire day basically summarizing the previous two weeks of teaching. And even though it was good and there is benefit to doing that, I want to move along today. So let me just say that if you've missed any of this teaching, please get the materials and go study it for yourself because I promise you this is life transforming. This is powerful stuff. I've been using Romans 1.21 that talks about how people diminish what God has done in their life. God has given everybody an intuitive revelation of His existence. But you can walk away from that. You can harden yourself to it. You can actually reach a place to where there is no conviction of God in your life at all. But nobody starts that way. Everybody starts with a sensitive heart towards God. And over time and actions, you can diminish that, harden yourself towards the things of God. And that's what Romans 1.21 is talking about. The first thing that you do to harden yourself is you don't glorify God. And, and I explain this. That means that you don't put the proper value on God. You don't prize what He has done. Boy, that is huge. And I spent an entire week talking about that. The second thing is you aren't thankful. And these things aren't separate. They are related. They're actually sequential. If you aren't putting the proper value on what God has done, then you won't be thankful. You will become occupied with your current problems and you will forget all of the great things that God has done. And I use Psalms chapter 69, verse 30, where Jesus said, that's a prophetic psalm, and He says that He would magnify God with thanksgiving. And the word here for glorify in Romans 1.21 says you didn't glorify God. That exact same Greek word in Romans chapter 11.13 says, I magnify my office. That's the exact same Greek word that was translated glorify here. So one of the ways that you glorify God is to magnify Him with thanksgiving. And when you start thanking God for all of the great things that He's done, it makes God bigger. It glorifies. It puts honor and worth and value upon God. And if you would do that, and if you would put the proper worth on the things of God, value Him, be thankful, remember all of the good things that He's done, then the next thing in this list 
This is talking about it in a negative way, but I'm switching this around and using it positively, how we can keep the things of God fresh in our life. But it says they didn't glorify God. They weren't thankful. And then the next thing is it says they became vain in their imaginations. Did you know imagination is something that most people today don't really believe is a powerful thing. They, they believe that imagination, they equate imagination with fantasy. And you know, that is one of the definitions of fantasy, like going to Disney World and you're dreaming about, you know, the, uh, I don't know, all of this supernatural stuff and magic and things like that. That's fantasy. And it's true that, you know, we, we need to get beyond fantasy and we need to live in reality. But imagination is not just fantasy. That may be one use of it. But did you know that your imagination, according to the dictionary, it's just your ability to see something with your heart that you can't see with your eyes at the moment. And that's really all imagination is. Each one of us have an imagination. And whether you know it or not, you can't turn your imagination off. It's working 24-7. You just get to direct your imagination to either positive or negative things. For instance, did you know if I say uh, dog to you, you don't see the letters D-O-G. What you see is a picture. You picture a dog. Now, you may not have ever thought about this. It may not be something that you understand. That's the reason I'm trying to give understanding to it because your imagination is powerful. But when you think of dog, you don't see the letters. You picture an animal. When I say car, you don't see C-A-R. You picture a car. And in most cases, you're going to picture something that is current to your situation. Like say, for instance, if you have a little tiny dog, let's say you got a miniature chihuahua, you know, and I say dog, that's probably what you would picture. But I could change your picture with my words. And I could say a big dog. And immediately you have to change the picture. I could say a big black dog. I could say a big black mean dog with vicious teeth and on and on. And you can just use words. And as I keep using words, those words paint a picture. Whether you realize it or not, you think in pictures. You know, I've often used this as an example, that when I was in Vietnam, we used water blivets. Now, when I say water blivet to the average person, you don't know what I'm talking about. And because you haven't seen one, you know what? It's kind of lost. You might be able to repeat the words water blivet, but you won't be able to retain it because you can't picture it. If you can't picture it, if you can't see something in your imagination, you can't retain it. That's a big statement right there. And there are a lot of people that when it comes to Scripture, they can quote a Scripture, maybe that by His stripes they are healed. And they can quote the Scripture. They know what it says. They may even be able to give you the address, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. They may be able to tell you where it is, but they haven't pictured it. They haven't seen it yet. That's your imagination becoming vain. You've got to be able to see things in your heart. You know, again, going back to this water blivet. Now, see, most people, it's just like you don't have any, it's like if you want to hang something on a wall, you can't just stick it up against the wall. You can't put your coat up against the wall. It'll just slide down and fall. But if you have a hook there, a coat rack or something that you've placed there, you can place your coat on that and it'll, it'll hang there. You have to have something to hang these um, 
words on. Words paint pictures, and unless you can see something, you can't retain it. So I can use my words to describe to you what a water blivet is. See, when I was in Vietnam, we were out on fire support bases. We didn't have any water out there, and all of our water was brought in in these water blivets. And so water blivets came in different sizes. I think there was 250 gallons, 500 gallons, 1,000 gallons, 1,500 gallons, and they were black rubber uh, uh, cylinders. And I mean, they were, they were round, and they were long, and on each end, they had a brass end, and on one end, there was a spigot. So these helicopters would bring in, they would put a uh, strap on these water blivets, and when they were full, they would bring them in, and they would drop them off, and we would go, and we would fill up our containers with, these, uh, with this water that was in a water blivet. And as the water came out, the atmospheric pressure collapsed those things. And I mean, they would be used. The 1,500-gallon things, I don't even remember, but they were probably not maybe five or six feet tall. And as you would use the water, they would collapse, and they would get to where they were completely flat. You couldn't get any more water out of them. They'd carry them off and bring in another one. Now, you may not have a perfect picture of a water blivet, but now that I've explained, I've used words to paint a picture. Did you know now, if somebody says water blivet, immediately you can identify with it because I've used words to paint a picture. That's your imagination. So what I'm trying to do here is to show you that imagination isn't just childish. This isn't something that we just use when we're children and then when you grow up, you quit using your imagination. No, you can't do anything without an imagination. You know, if I was to ask you, if you were to come here to my place where I am and if you were to park somewhere and then you got ready to leave, did you know you have to use your imagination to get back to your car? Most of you didn't you know, look and write down a certain uh, parking space number. You didn't draw a map or something. What you do, you have this in your imagination. You know where you park. If you go to a mall, you have to remember where you parked. That's your imagination. You have a picture of what that's like. If I was to ask you, you know, uh, what was your home like where you grew up? Now, some of you might have more problems with this. If you moved around a lot and say if you had 10 or 15 different houses that you lived in when you were growing up, it might be harder for you. But if you grew up in one spot, did you know I could ask you, how many doors did you have in your house? And most of you have never sat down and counted the number of doors in the, your childhood home. But you could do it because you know what? You have a picture. You can see it on the inside. You could literally go back to that childhood home and you could walk through it. I know this sounds strange in a way, but what this is, it's your imagination. You could go back and walk through that house and count the doors, count the bedrooms. Many of you, you know, may have never sat down and counted how many windows you had, but you could go back and you could count every window in that house. You know what that is? That's your imagination. If I ask you, how do you get from where you are to the airport? Most of you have never sat down and counted, all right, you go down this street and it's one, two, let's say three red lights and you take a right and then you do, you know, you have never sat down and counted these things, but in your mind, you can picture, you can see that road, you can see where the stoplights are and you can say it's the fourth light or the fifth light. 
And you can tell people and tell them, you can tell them that, you know, here's this building. There's a certain type of building. There's a filling station or something on the corner and you turn here. You aren't looking at that with your eyes, but you're looking at it with your heart. That's your imagination. So what I'm trying to do is to show you that some people, when you start talking about imagination, this says their uh, imagination becomes vain. That doesn't mean that it quits working. Your imagination doesn't quit working when you grow up and get rid of fantasy and you're no longer dreaming about Jack and the Beanstalk or the Wicked Witch or something like that. See, that's fantasy and most people think that's imagination. Well, that is one use of your imagination to imagine fantasy, but you use your imagination. You cannot turn it off. It is functional 24 hours a day and you have to use your imagination to communicate to understand, to get directions, to remember anything. Your imagination is constantly working, but it says here that if you don't glorify God, if you don't put the proper value on the things of God and think about God and magnify Him with thanksgiving, then your imagination will become vain. And then the next step is your foolish heart will be darkened. And I believe that these things are sequential. They aren't separated. You can't just sit here and listen to me talk about your imagination and the power of imagination and say, all right, I'm going to start imagining things right. You, first of all, have to really glorify God. You have to put the proper value on Him. You have to prize what God has done in your life. You have to magnify God with thanksgiving. And if your heart isn't set on the things of God, if you aren't glorifying Him and thanking Him and remembering the goodness of God the way you should, then it is automatic that your imagination will start seeing the worst side of everything instead of the best side of everything. Well, now that is a tremendous statement right there. Some people see trying to skip these steps and they say, all right, I, I need to start thinking more positively. I need to see myself healed but you haven't really glorified God. You haven't really placed the proper value on God. You haven't meditated on His words. You haven't magnified Him. You aren't thankful for the things that He's done. You're trying to skip all of those steps and you're just going to try and make your imagination get focused on God and see the positive instead of the negative. It doesn't work that way. It's a sequence. And your imagination will follow what you have magnified with your thought life. If you have heard the doctor say you're going to die and because of that, man, fear has hit you and now you are focused on this. You're actually planning your funeral. You're wondering what songs they're going to sing. What are people going to think? What are your children going to be like if you die? Did you know what you're doing? You're using your imagination and you can't just turn around and be positive and see yourself healed if you haven't glorified God. If you think that this sickness, if you think that cancer is bigger than God, then I can guarantee you, your imagination is going to see you dying. Your imagination is going to focus on all of these bad things. And your imagination is powerful. You know, let me use this passage over in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Many of you have heard this, but you probably haven't looked at this in the Hebrew language. But in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Did you know that the word for mind right there 
is the Hebrew word that means, this is what it literally means, conception. And it was translated imagination a number of times in the Old Testament. So this is saying that the Lord will keep you in perfect peace when your imagination is stayed upon Him, not just your mind, but specifically the part of your mind that can see and picture and think your imagination. And that imagination is your conception. It's your spiritual womb. So let me make some statements here. There are some of you that are desiring to see positive instead of negative. The doctor has told you you're going to die, and you just can't seem to help it. You are focused on it. You see yourself dead. You see yourself wasting away. There's some of you that have been diagnosed with something like arthritis, and you see other people who've been stoved up and in a wheelchair and can't get around, and their fingers are all crooked, and you see yourself headed that way. You aren't there yet. You can't see it with your physical eyes, but you've seen it in your heart. And you're trying now to start seeing things properly and say, I need to see myself healed. But you haven't glorified God. To you, the word of a doctor, you have magnified that. That is more important to you than what God's word says. You haven't been thankful of the previous times that you've prayed and God has healed you. You haven't reminded yourself. You haven't stirred yourself up through memory. You skipped those first two steps, and now you're going to start trying to be positive in your imagination. It doesn't work that way. If you have not glorified God and made His Word higher than the Word of a doctor, if you have made the Word of a doctor as this is, this is infallible, this is just what they say, well, then I guarantee you, you have disesteemed, devalued what God has said. And because of it, instead of being thankful for the goodness of God and all of the things that He's promised you, instead you'll be fearful about the future. Instead of looking back and remembering the goodness of God, you'll be looking forward in dread. And if you do those things, it's automatic that your imagination is going to conceive failure. It's automatic. On the other hand, you turn it around and you start glorifying God. You take scriptures, you show yourself where Jesus raised this person from the dead and all of these miracles that all things are possible. You start meditating in the Word. Faith will come by hearing, hearing by the Word. And as you do, you'll start magnifying God and glorifying God, putting more value on what He says than what the doctor says. And as you do that, then you'll go back and you'll start remembering, God, look at what you did for Joshua and for Moses, and for all of these people. Look what you did for Samson and David. And you go back and you remember all of these good things. And then when you do those things, your imagination will just automatically start seeing that, you know what, if you did this for David, if you did this for a person in the Bible, if you opened up these blind eyes, if you did this, you are no respecter of persons, and your imagination will conceive your healing and you will start seeing yourself well, even though everything in the natural looks bad. You see yourself well. You know, I just recently did an interview with the Ham family, and Marin Ham was healed of a number of diseases. Uh, the doctors never were totally sure, but I mean from the time that she was nine until she was like 16, she was just in terrible pain and wasting away. And anyway, I did this interview with her, and she uh, came to our healing school 
and started seeing some success. She was in a wheelchair, couldn't stand up, and she finally forced herself to stand up. But over the next month, she was improving, and finally she came to this exact place that I'm talking about where she had started glorifying God and finding out that God is bigger than whatever sickness was happening to her. She started glorifying Him. She started being thankful, and then she saw herself heal. And she was sitting on the floor studying the Word, and she finally saw that she already had it, that she was healed. And she just stood up, and instantly all of her pain was gone. Then she said she took the next step, and all of her pain was back. But she says it didn't matter because she knew that she was healed. You know what that is? She had glorified God. She had put more value on what the Word of God had to say than she did on her feelings. And even though it felt like all of the symptoms came back, she took the next step and all of the symptoms left. And that's now been years. And she's just a beautiful young lady. She's in school. She's graduating. God is using her. But it all it's this exact same principle. At one time, she had a problem. She went to the doctors. The doctors diagnosed it, and so here was their word, and they didn't know about healing. Then they started having somebody glorify God and say, God is greater than any sickness or any disease. And as you glorify God, it's that seesaw effect. You, you either are going to glorify what man says and the impossibilities that they put down, and if you do, that means that you have diminished God and the value you place upon Him and what He can do. But she started hearing, and she started glorifying God, and immediately it didn't matter what the doctor said. It didn't matter what her body said, and she was able to overcome it. I'm telling you, this same principle works for every single person, but your imagination is where you conceive things. You can't have healing without using your imagination any more than you can have a child without having a physical relationship with a man. You have to conceive it. The stork doesn't bring babies. You don't get pregnant by drinking the water after somebody who was. I'm not going to teach on this, but hopefully all of you understand that. You have to conceive a child. You have to conceive a miracle, and it happens in your imagination. That Hebrew word that was translated mind, Isaiah 26, 3, is the exact same word that was translated imagination, and the definition of it is conception. This is how you conceive things is in your imagination. Marin Ham was only nine years old when she contracted the swine flu. Mysterious symptoms plagued her body and mind until she was no longer able to walk. The pain in my legs was so bad that it felt like a blowtorch was touching them if a bed sheet touched them. When her symptoms turned for the worst, Marin was diagnosed with late-stage Lyme disease, which most people never recover from. And I just turned to my mom and I'm like, I just want to go to Colorado. I have been so sick and I just want to enjoy the mountains, even if I just sit in my wheelchair and look at them. Her mother, Lene, booked a cabin in, of all places, the small town of Woodland Park. We went out to Colorado and we found this little cabin. My mom was getting my scooter out of the car and the lady came up and she's like, there's a healing school, like right down the streets, open to the public. God led us right to healing school, right down the road at Karis Bible College. Whether it looks like it, it doesn't matter. You said it, I'm stepping into it, and I'm just walking in what you have for me. 
The next day, we packed up the car and we stopped at a national forest before we left to go back home. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there and just this like boldness rose up on the inside of me, this prompting like stand up and walk. And I hear her just saying, mom. And I turned back and then I realized she was standing. By the end of the week, I was walking, and a month later, I was completely healed ever since. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's your partnership that enabled us to have the healing school where Marion got healed, and this is happening thousands and thousands of times over. The only reason that I'm sitting before you totally healed is because you've sewed into that ministry. From the bottom of my heart, I just can't say thank you enough because that's what makes this all possible. Thank you, partners, for helping us to reach out. And if you haven't yet become a partner, pray about it and join with us today. Come and join us for the 2019 Healing is Here Conference. This will be an extraordinary time of healing and inspiration from the Word of God. Mark your calendars for August 13th through 16th and join us in Woodland Park, Colorado for this free conference. I'd like to remind you once again to please get these materials. I've got this book and I've got a study guide, which is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. And then we have CDs and DVDs. And this teaching on staying full of God is powerful. We offer this and have a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, go ahead and request it. Send what you can, and my partners will enable me to go ahead and make this material available to you. Andrew's complete series titled, Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God, is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form or you can get it in a companion study guide, which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'm the president and founder of Karis Bible College, 
And on August 2019, we are gonna host Kingdom Youth Conference. We're gonna have Todd Wyatt as a speaker, Joseph Z, Ryan Edberg, and we're also gonna have the band Versus doing praise and worship. And I just believe it's gonna be a great time for youth. We are excited about them coming to our new facility. You will be blessed by it. Remember, it's Kingdom Youth Conference right here in Woodland Park, Colorado.